When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Clippers are sinking. What's happening? Is there anyone there? Yes, what you see? Iceberg, run ahead! Somebody do something! Uh, we got a lot to improve still. Like I said, on the things I just named, we got to come in and, uh, you know, win these games and be focused enough to execute and, uh, you know, stay strong with each other. And like I said, uh, the things you do to win a basketball game is... Uh, you know, we got to get the defensive rebounds. We, we got to make shots. We can't uh, get other team the ball. We got to get back in transition. And uh, those things are hurting us right now. Hurting us? Those things are killing us right now. We're sinking fast out of the top six. Lost nine of 11. What are we going to do, Clifford Nation? I think we're making the right steps. We're going in the right direction. Just, you know, little things that we got to pick up and just lock in on. You think we're making the right steps? You think we're going the right direction? We're going down, brother. We are going down with the ship. We are not going the right direction, Paul George. We got we got a ways to go. We got a ways to go. You think? Um, I think, again, I've been talking about it since season started. It's just our efforts and energy and intensity. Um, that's That's the area of improvement. There is no intensity on the Clipper ship. There's no urgency on the Clipper ship. There's not enough Bob Covington on the Clipper ship. The one win we did get in 11 games, we won two games in 11. Covington had big minutes. But then for some reason, Captain Ty Lue, no minutes for Covington. Limited minutes for Covington. Is it too late for these Clippers? Has the ship sailed? We're now a losing basketball team. What can we do to right this sinking Clippers ship? Bright spot on the bench, Norm Powell holds a players only meeting. Paul George returns from yet another injury into the lineup. The Clippers have proven they can beat losing teams. We've got a couple of them coming up. Spurs twice, Elwood, Chicago, Atlanta, but a lot of winning teams looming out there on the horizon. Mavericks, Bucks, Knicks, Nets. 14 games before the All-Star break. The Clippers have to do it. It's now or never. 21 games after the All-Star break. 35 left in the season. Clippers sinking south. That's 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 Iceberg, run ahead. All right, all right, enough of the dramatics. I'm here to tell you some discouraging things. I'm here to tell you some encouraging things. I'm Chris Kawild, and this is Clipcast, the longest-running Clippers podcast ever in the history of podcasting. We're the longest-running basketball podcast in Los Angeles. We are coming to you from the Tiki Hut Studios. It's me, Chris Kawild, 
Zubank Hank, Hollywood Hank, Burbank Hank off on some secret location, signed an NDA, non-disclosure agreement. He can't say where he is. Very secretive. Maybe he's on a life raft. Maybe he is one of the first class passengers who got off the ship and is on a life raft and will survive. Like the unsinkable Molly Brown. The unsinkable Hank Dittman, a.k.a. Zubank Hank. Not on the show today, but Chris Wilde is here to talk to you about some encouraging things, talk to you about some discouraging things. Sure, we all know there's plenty of bad news. Holy cow, there is tons of bad news, which we will get into. But there is, I wouldn't call it good news, but there's a silver lining to this rain cloud. And that silver lining to this rain cloud is as follows. Right now, the Clippers are 23-24. and That's a losing basketball record. We are now well past the halfway point. We have 14 games before the All-Star break. It's literally now or never for the Clippers. And you think, holy cow, we just stink. We just can't figure it out. We've got all the talent in the world, but by gum, we just can't get it right. We can't get the guys healthy. We can't get the guys gelling. It's just too late. The ship is sinking. It's sunk. We're done. I read somebody on Twitter, some moron, who said, who should we root for now? That's insane. That's insane to me. There's 35 regular season games left. We're a half of a game, a half of a game out of the top six. That's the good news. That's the silver lining, is that the Western Conference is absolute trash. It's a dumpster fire. There's only five winning basketball teams. That's it. There's only five winning basketball teams. Everybody stinks in the West. There's only three good teams in the West. Denver Nuggets, who I think are for real. Memphis Grizzlies, who I think are for real. And then the fluky, I don't trust them, New Orleans Pelicans. Okay, those are the three good teams. Then there's Dallas Mavericks and Sacramento Kings. I don't believe in the Sacramento Kings. They have the longest active playoff omission streak. They haven't been to the playoffs in the longest currently of any team in the NBA. So I don't believe in them at all. So they're not a good team. They're just having a mildly, they're okay. They're having an above mediocre season. But they're not one of the good teams. They're not one of the top three. And then Dallas is just so streaky. And yes, they got to the Western Conference Finals last year. But I just, I'm not sold on Luka Doncic just hate Luka Doncic because he just doesn't have the supporting cast. So, yeah, they're they're okay. They're good. They're all right. So we've got the Sacramento Kings and the Dallas Mavericks that are all right. They're above 500. Then we've got three good teams. Denver Nuggets, they're for real. They are perennial postseason regulars. Now, last postseason, they didn't have Jamal Murray, and they only won one postseason game. But I think this is the year for them that they finally do something. It's been ages. It's been since the bubble that the Denver Nuggets got to the Western Conference Finals. Correct? Correct. Ugh, the bubble. I don't want to talk about the bubble. That was our first season with Kawhi and Paul George. We all know what happened in the second season. We got to our first ever Western Conference Finals ever. How did that happen? Let's go back. We're 2-2, tied 2-2 after starting 0-2 once again in round two. Versus the NBA best record regular season Utah Jazz. Kawhi Leonard gets hurt. Kawhi Leonard is out for over a year. Yet, Paul George leads the team into the promised land. And they win out. 
They win in six. It was 2-2 when Kawhi went down. It was 2-0 them, and then we did a gentleman's backdoor sweep. We won four in a row. And then what happens? Kawhi goes down. Kawhi's out. Last season was a wash. I hear you fans. You're frustrated. I liked last season's team better. You only say that because we didn't predict them to do anything, and you look in hindsight and only remember the wins. We were barely a winning basketball team. We were the losing basketball team super, super late in that season. Last season, we had to fight tooth and nail to win out our final five games or something to get over 500 and be another winning regular season basketball franchise. The longest winning basketball franchise active in the NBA. I believe it's 11 seasons of winning seasons in the regular season. So all the fans are throwing their hands up in the air. They're jumping off the clipper ship. There's no, there's plenty of room on the bandwagon now, my friends, because the band is the only people on the wagon. It's just me. <laughs> Zubank Hank's gone. So many fans have just leapt. You can see it on Clippers Twitter. There's the diehards that are never going anywhere. There's the diehards that have been there for the losing season. So this ain't nothing new. Sure, it's new. We had 11 winning seasons in a row, and now we're a losing basketball team by one game. We're one game under 500. I do truly believe this will be another winning season. However, it's just not enough. It's not enough. What has history told us about the NBA champions? They're always ranked number one or two. Every now and again, they're ranked number three. They're never, ever, ever ranked four, five, six, seven, or eight. The only times that a four, five, six, seven, or eight team has won was when they were a defending champion. So there's only one defending champion. That's the Golden State Warriors. And they stink right now. They're playing 500 basketball and they stink. Dime Dropper, host of Locked On Clippers, says he believes more in them than us. Of course you do. They've won four out of the last eight championships. Of course you believe in them. They were one of the few teams to win it all, not being ranked one or two. Last year, I believe they were ranked number three. Of course you believe in them. However, in the NBA, every darn year, it's one plays four or five in round two and two plays three. It's like every single year. It's always one plays four or five and two plays three. It's always that. It's very rarely not that. Very rarely not that. So you have to be in that top five. You just have to be in that top five. And now with stupid play-in, you have to be in the top six because we know that Ty Lu cannot win games one or two after the regular season. He's gone 0-2 round one two years ago. He went 0-2 round two two years ago. He went 0-2 round three, our first ever round three, two years ago. Last year, he went 0-2 in the play-in to the tune of bye, you're done because you can't go 0-2 in the play-in. You got to win one or two in the play-in depending on where you're ranked. So if you're 7 or 8, you got to win one. If you're 9 or 10, you've got to win two. Right now we're 8. That means we got to win one. What has Ty Lu taught us? History repeats itself. This guy goes 0-2 every time we leave the regular season. Prove me wrong. I'm begging you, Ty Lu. Ty Lu is irritating me. Ty Lue, I thought, learned his lesson. He said, okay, Reggie, Wall, not working. John Wall, abdomen injury, gone for at least two weeks. Okay. So the Wall haters, here we go. Here it is. Here's your John Wall-less Clippers, okay? He's clearly not the third best player on the team. We all know that. I think it's very obvious who the third best player is, Norman Powell. 
You could argue that it's Avicii Zubats. You can argue that it's Terrence Mann. Nicholas Batum is up there. Definitely not third best John Wall. Definitely not third best Marcus Morris Sr. These guys are underperforming. Ty Lue made some changes. We went on that six-game skid. It was horrible. The sky was falling. <laughs> We've lost 9 of 11. It's horrible. The sky is falling. But Ty Lue can make adjustments. He made an adjustment to the starting lineup. Reggie Jackson out. Terrence Mann in. The pace is up. It worked once. That game that it worked where Terrence Mann was your starting point guard, okay? Reggie Jackson, John Wall coming off the bench before the John Wall injury. We get the W. Can't even remember who it was versed because we've we've won so few games. Who was the win verse? Great question. We beat the Rockets, the stinky Rockets, the worst in the NBA Rockets. And we beat the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic just hate. Luka Doncic and his Dallas Mavericks. We beat both of those Texas teams. How did we do it? Well, versus the Rockets. It was a close game until the fourth quarter when we blew him out. We had Terrence Mann getting 31 for a regular season career high. We had Kawhi Leonard getting 30. Kawhi and T-Man combining for 61 points. We had big minutes from Robert Covington. In the W versus Dallas, we had a great team win. We had Kawhi being great, and we had big minutes for Robert Covington. I'm here to tell you, We need Robert Covington getting bigger minutes. We need Robert Covington getting 20-plus minutes at least. It has to happen. It can't not happen, Ty Lue. Here's some good news. Kawhi Leonard is playing big minutes. We all know he doesn't play back-to-backs. That sucks when you're the team with the most back-to-backs, which we are. So that sucks. It sucks. It sucks that our number one player, our best player, doesn't play back-to-backs. It really sucks when you have the most back-to-backs in the NBA because the league and the city and the building hates us. I get it. It sucks. But good news, we got a brand-new building being built in Inglewood. It's our building. We'll have a lot less crappy scheduling when we have our own dome. Dome, sweet dome. So when your big, shining star, who's the best by a lot on the team, better than Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Better than Paul George. By a lot, Kawhi Leonard. By a lot. When your best player doesn't play back-to-backs, well, it really sucks when you have the most back-to-backs in the NBA. But that's our lot in life. And we can still win this season. We can still be a winning basketball team. We can still squeak into the top five. Why? Because the Western Conference stinks. The Western Conference stinks. There's five winning teams. I named them. There's a bunch of 500 teams, and then there's a bunch of just scraping the ceiling of 500 teams, which we are sadly now one of. Now, we're a winning basketball team when we play losing basketball teams. Okay. Well, good news is most of your teams in the West are losing basketball teams, so when we play them, we're likely to win. What really sucks is that we're a losing basketball team versus winning basketball teams. Well, that's not going to help us in the playoffs when only winners make it. Some losers get by into the play-in. Some losers get by, get past the play-in, like last year when New Orleans did it. But then they play number one, Denver Nuggets, and Denver Nuggets beat them in four or five. And that's just the way it is. 
we can't be a losing basketball team squeaking into the play-in tournament and then play Denver Nuggets in round one. We just can't because Denver Nuggets are our Achilles heel. I talked about it on the last show. We're a losing basketball team in the Kawhi PG era versus the Denver Nuggets. We're a losing basketball team in the Ty Lu era versus the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are our, 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 the train seal says they're our Achilles heel. I don't want to play them. We're going to have to get past them to win it all for sure. But I'd rather face them as far back as possible. It looks like if we're absolutely lucky, if we're absolutely lucky and the chips all fall where they may, we could get in that top six for sure. We could be six or five. Top three is out of it's just not it's not possible. Top three is not possible. Now, here's another silver lining. Here's another, huh? This is kind of interesting. Right now, the Clippers are 23 and 24. Okay. 37 games in. Does that no? 47 games in. There it is. Math hard. Podcasting. Good. We're 47 games in. We're 23 and 24. That's a losing record. Hey, guess what? Boston Celtics, your Eastern Conference champs, made it all the way to the playoffs, finished the regular season 20 games over 500. They finished the regular season 20 games over 500. They finished the regular season 51 and 31. Guess what their record was after 47 games? The exact same as ours. 23 and 24. It is possible to go from a 23 and 24 team all the way to a winning basketball team to 20 over 500, all the way to the finals, to the NBA finals. It's possible. How do I know it's possible? Because it just happened last season. Yes, Chris, but we're not the Boston Celtics. Actually, we are the Boston Celtics. The following is an excerpt read from Celtics Wire in a piss poor. Boston accent. On July 7th in 1978, one of the weirdest chapters of the starry franchise's history unfolded as the Celtics became the Buffalo Braves, now the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Braves the Celtics when the NBA granted permission for the swap. Confused? You're wicked right, yeah, and you should be. It's perhaps the only time in the history of the major North American professional spots that franchise owners swapped ownership of their respective franchises in a move that has largely been forgotten by fans buried by the sands of time. Save when L.A. L-word fans get angered by Boston fans suggesting the Lake, uh, the L-word ought to eschew, eschew counting their titles from when the team was based in Minneapolis anyway. Boston's owner at the time, Irv Levin, wanted to move to the West Coast, but there's no way the NBA would approve a move for the Celtics to go there with him. The Clips, Celtics charter swap, goes back to the John Y. Brown 70s era when the then Buffalo Braves swapped with the Celtics ownership. All right, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to read it, I tweeted it out the other day responding to Joey Lynn's tweet. So follow at LA Clipcast. Go to tweets. And replies, you can see a link to the article there. But basically, we are the Celtics. And we are weirdly linked with the Celtics, just beyond Paul Pierce and Doc Rivers and all that crap. We literally are the Celtics because the owner of the Celtics wanted to move the Celtics to San Diego. 
couldn't because it's such a storied franchise there, bro. Brother. And so he swapped teams with the Buffalo Braves and moved the Buffalo Braves to San Diego, where they, of course, moved to L.A. And then, like, thieves in the night in 1984 and became the L.A. Clippers without telling the NBA. How weird is the NBA in the 70s and the early 80s? So we kind of are the Celtics. Now, look, last year, Celtics were 23 and 24. They stormed all the way through the rest of the regular season, through the postseason, and into the NBA Finals, where I thought they were going to beat the Warriors, and I was wrong. I do think the Eastern Conference is probably going to win the title this year. Sadly, I don't think the Clippers are going to get there. Why do I think the Clippers are not going to get there? Because they've given me no reason to believe in them up until this point. So, yeah, it's possible to go from 23 and 24 all the way to the NBA Finals. How do I know? Because that weird team that we are so intrinsically entwined with, the Beantown Celtics, who are kind of us because the Buffalo Braves became the Boston Celtics and vice versa. I mean, the owners just swapped teams, so therefore we are the Celtics. Anyway, it doesn't make a lick of sense. It doesn't make any sense. However, we are intertwined and linked with that team and forever will be from that fateful ownership squad swap. Squad swap. And there is a town in Massachusetts called Swampscott, very similar to squad squad swap. It's very hard to say. There's a town in Mass called Swampscott, And there's a time in the 70s when there was a squad swap. Celtics and the Buffalo Braves swap squads. I mean, you know, the players that were in Boston stayed in Boston. It wasn't like Bob McAdoo all of a sudden became a Boston Celtic and then moved to San Diego. Anyway, so, yeah, it's possible. It just happened last year. Is it plausible? I don't know. Nothing this team has done has given me any confidence in them. We just heard just now, through the wire from Clippers PR notifications, that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George will be playing at San Antonio. We got a lot of road games coming up. We're a pretty good road team, but we're not that great. We're just not that great this season yet. We've got all the potential in the world. And if we can finish... The last 35 games, look, we've got, what, six back-to-backs left? So that means Kawhi Leonard could hypothetically play in 30 of these games, 29 of these games. Paul George could hypothetically play in all of these games, but certainly 29 or 30 of them. So say we don't win, you know, these back-to-backs, but gosh, they just haven't given us a lot to believe in when it comes to them beating good teams, and we've got a lot of good teams coming up. Let's take a look at the schedule. 14 games before the All-Star game. 14 games before the All-Star break, where we likely send Paul George, possibly Kawhi, probably Paul George, maybe both. You'd like to think Luke Kennard gets healthy, gets back in that three-point shootout in Utah. 14 games before the All-Star break. Starting at San Antonio. San Antonio stinks. I want to say they have 13 wins on the season. We're definitely a better ball club than them. We have already played them this season. We have already beat them this season. So let's keep that going. That would be nice. We beat them twice already. 
handily 119 to 97 113 to 106 we're already 2 and 0 on the season series and we've played the spurs two out of the next four games two very winnable games you'd think with this kind of subpar squad we would at least split that go 1 and 1 but since we're already 2 and 0 versus them certainly we could sweep them on the season series and holy cow more pennies in the piggy jar hmm? more pennies in the piggy bank would help Every win is going to help because there's such a logjam. Teams 4 through 10 in the Western Conference. Really, teams 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. So we need to log as many W's as possible. And yeah, you think? Because we just dropped 9 of 11. We've only won two games in our last 11. Ugh, horrible. But two out of our next four are versus the lowly Spurs, very winnable. That's two of our next 14 before the All-Star break, two of our next four versus the Spurs. In between those two Spurs games, we got that Texas two-step at San Antonio, then at Dallas Mavericks. We have played the Dallas Mavericks twice this season. We split the season series so far. One of those two wins in the past 11 at home versus Luka Doncic just hate Luka Doncic. Bob Covington getting big minutes in that game. Terrence Mann getting big minutes. Terrence Mann's here to stay. The big minutes for Terrence Mann are here to stay. I want Covington's minutes up, Coach Tyloo. I know you don't listen to the show. I know you don't tweet. I know you don't do Insta-twit. I know you don't believe in any of that. I know you're your own man. I heard you say that. I posted it several times. So, at Dallas... And then home-ish at L.A. for L-Word, where we've won nine in a row. Ugh, you hate to just, ugh. You hate to think about, ugh, the opposite side of what could happen versus the L-Word. We've won nine in a row. We've owned the L-Word. But, man, we are just in such a funk. we got to right the ship now for bragging rights. For Battle of L.A. bragging rights. Because, like Stephen A. Smith yelled at the top of his lungs, it's not a competition for best in L.A., best in the building. It's not. The Clippers are just blowing out the L word. We've won nine straight. So, we're talking about four upcoming games at San Antonio, where we're 2-0 on the season series. At Dallas, who we just beat. At L word, who we've beat nine times straight. And then home versus Spurs. So friends, in the next 4 if we can't go 3 and 1, be upset. If we can't go 2 and 2, be very very upset. These next 4 games are going to tell you what's going on for the rest of the season, but here's the thing, I will never ever quit on this team. I I just won't do it. There's too much regular season left. We're too close to the top of the heap to give up now. And why give up? Are you a front runner? Are you just a front runner, fake, fair weather fan, finicky? Come on, you fickle freak. <laughs> you can't give up on the flipping clips. You just can't. Who gives up on the team? How good did the Cubs fans feel who hadn't gotten a World Series win in over 100 years? We've only suffered 50-plus years. We've only suffered half of a century without a chip. Now, granted, they had one 100-plus years ago, and then, of course, they got one one rainy night versus Cleveland. The team, I can't remember the name of the team before the Guardians. But how good did it feel for the Cubby Bear fans to get that championship? You think they gave up? 
halfway through the regular seasons 99 years prior and picked another team. What a horrible idea. I, I don't want you to be a Clipper fan if you're just going to give up home game, excuse me, regular season game 47, you're going to give up. No, sir, I give up when the team is mathematically out. When the team has been eliminated from the postseason is when I give up, and I never give up on the Clippers. I go, next year we're going to get them. Next year we're going to get them. But we're looking at the 14 before the All-Star break. We talked about the four. Let's talk about the back 10. We're back on the road for six straight roadies, starting with a back-to-back, our only back-to-back of the road trip, at Atlanta, at Cleveland. I was at both of those home games where we beat Cleveland on a – Massive comeback in the fourth quarter where they just couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. We may have disproved Lawler's Law in that game. We were down by 13 with five minutes left, and we came back and improbably beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, a winning basketball team, at home. And then I sadly was also there when we disproved Lawler's Law and were up 102 to 91 with three minutes left or whatever it was. Maybe it wasn't three minutes left, but it was, no, it was more like five or six minutes left in the fourth. And Atlanta came back and beat us because we couldn't silence Trey Young because Coach Tyloo didn't put T-Man on Trey Young and we we felt the pinch. I'm not sure if Paul George was in that game or not. I don't remember. But I do know that I was at those other games where it was home games. We came back late and shocked Cleveland And then Atlanta came back late and shocked us. So that's our back-to-back at Atlanta and at Cleveland. Hawks have us one zip on the season series. We've got the Cavs one zip on the season series. Atlanta Hawks right now are a 500 ball club. Mid! When we lost to them at home, they were a sub-500 ball club. They might be a sub-500 ball club right now, depending on the scores. Mid! They might be one over. But they're one of those middling teams. Mid. Cleveland Cavaliers are for real. That's the start of the six-game roadie is the back-to-back. It's the only back-to-back in the roadie. We go out to the Midwest. We got the Bulls, then the Bucks, Milwaukee and Chicago, very close. Sister cities, kind of like L.A. and San Diego. Chicago, we haven't played yet this season. Last season, they swept us. This season, they're not as good. And then, hey, Chihuahua, the Bucks. Woof. The Bucks. man, the Bucks were like, the team that Kawhi and PG's era clips could not beat until Robert Covington lit them up late in the season last year to the tune of 11 three-pointers for a franchise record, most threes in Clipper history, 11 threes from Bob Covington. We have not played the Bucks yet this season. We play them twice before the All-Star break. One of those is at Milwaukee. We're talking about it right now. The next one is right before the All-Star break-ish. When we get back home, we'll talk about that later. We're continuing on the road trip. We haven't played Chicago yet this season. We haven't played Milwaukee yet this season. Who do we got next? Well, we go to New York. That accent, don't worry about it, all right? Way better than a Boston one. That Boston one was humiliating, Chris Wilde. You don't know how to talk like a Boston jerk, but you know how to talk like a New York guy. Don't worry about it. Oh, we got the New York Knickerbockers. On a Saturday, we got Brooklyn Nets on a Monday, all right? And there's no back-to-back there. The only threat is a day off in New York City in the boroughs, but it's going to be freezing in February, so I don't think the guys get up to too much trouble. Good news, Luke Kennard made the trip 
Luke Kennard likely going to suit up and play probably for this New York series, is my guess. Why bring him on the road if you're not going to use him on the road, Ty Lue? All right, you bum. So we got Knicks. We got Nets. We have not played the Knicks yet this season. Last season, the New York Knickerbockers got their brooms out and rudely swept us. Ugh. We are due for a W at the Garden. The Brooklyn Nets on national television came to Los Angeles Saturday afternoon, November 12th, and absolutely whooped us. Oh, my God. By 15, 110 to 95, and just rude. Blech. Ah, and Kawhi and PG's Clippers have not been that great versus the Brooka Brooka Brooklyn Nets. However, as we all know, KD is down. PG and Kawhi hopefully play in that game if all goes according to plan because it ain't no back-to-back, Jack. So that's 10 of the 14 games before All-Star break. And again, if we're not 6-4 and four in that 10 or better, then it's just massive, massive red flag. If we continue this downward sinking spiral, circling the drain like we've been, and we go two and eight or one and nine, then yeah, then yeah, the writing's on the wall and the party's over. It really is about this march to the All-Star break, these 14 games, and then after the All-Star break, it's literally march into the postseason into April, And we have to start winning now. We cannot wait. And yes, mathematically, we sort of can wait and drag our heels because the Western Conference is so abysmal. It's so bad. It's not just us that stink. Phoenix stinks. Phoenix stinks. They were the number one team in the NBA last year. And this year, they stink. And me and Hank were right in our preseason prediction that they'd stink. The Adelaide 86ers came in and just was an eye-opener and said, hey, Phoenix stinks. And Adelaide showed us the light, and they stink. Phoenix stinks. Golden State Warriors stink. Minnesota Timberwolves got these towers now. They got Rudy Gobert to go along with Cat, and they stink. Utah Jazz is overperforming and still stink. Everybody stinks in the West, except for three teams, maybe five. So... I'm telling you, we got to right the ship right now because we're running out of time. These 14 games are pivotal. But if for some horrible reason we go something terrible like 4-10, and 10, I, ugh. I mean, we've gone 2-9 and nine out of the last 11. So 4-10 and 10 is a mild improvement. <laughs> but we got to right the ship right now because we can't wait. The last four before the All-Star break... The good news, no back-to-backs, not a one. We're home for three, home versus Dallas to finish that season series out, home versus Milwaukee to finish that season series out, home after three days off versus the stinky, stinky champs, the hated Oakland Dubs, the San Francisco Golden State Warriors. And they beat us earlier, and it still hurts. And we should beat that mid-team. And then... Phoenix, at Phoenix, right before the All-Star break. So, Golden State stinks. Phoenix really stinks. Dallas is okay, and Milwaukee is very good. So, yes, there's a couple of tough outs. But unfortunately, with this Clippers squad, every game is a tough out. 
We have to start gelling. I am encouraged by the fact that the Boston Celtics went 23-24 and last year at this exact same time in the regular season with the exact same record as our Clippers. But can our Clippers put the foot on the gas and keep it there? Full throttle. Finish the season like the Celtics did. The Celtics finished the season 28 and 7 after being 23 and 24. They finished 28 and 7 to finish the regular season 51 and 31, 20 games over 500. That is phenomenal. No wonder that city was going nuts. 35 final games of the season, the final 35. There's 35 games left. They're one game under 500. And what do they do? They go 28 and 7. Nothing about this Clippers team gives me any sort of hope that we can do that other than the fact that somebody just did it. Somebody who is weirdly intrinsically linked with us just did it last season. There is a glimmer of hope, my friends. It is possible. But we don't need to do that. We don't need to finish that high. It would be great. Hell, it'd be great to go 35-0. and 0. That would be great. And it's such a bummer because nothing we can do can get me to that, oh, that high watermark. Oh, how badly I want to be a 60-win team. We just simply can't do it. It's just not mathematically possible, and it's sad. But we can be a 50-win team. Will we be? Probably not. Probably not. But in this wacky Western Conference, so nutty, nuttier than Jimmy Carter's poop, you don't have to be terribly good to be in the top six. The Clippers just, just lost their slot at six, just recently. That's how bad the West is. They went on that six-game skid and literally were top six. That's, that's, a, that's, cra- that's, a, that's crazy to me. And only losing to Utah did they finally fall to eight, from six to eight. Now, if they continue these losing ways, yes, they are very likely going to fall out of the top ten. However, all we got to do is be mid to stay in the top ten. Certainly the top eight. We just got to be mid. If we're better than mid, if we are a winning basketball team, and not by a lot, I'm here to tell you, 41 and 41, 500 ball club. You're not a winner. You're not a loser. You're mid. I've said mid a lot on the show. If you're 41 and 41, you're in the top 10, likely the top eight of the stinky, stinky West. If you finish the season like we did last season, 42 and 40, you are likely in Possibly the top six. Possibly. The West stinks. There's only five winning ball clubs. So if you are 42 and 40, then you're the sixth winning ball club, hypothetically. You're in sixth place. You don't have to go to the play-in. You play three. Who's three? New Orleans. Ooh, last year's kryptonite. (laughs) I'm not really afraid of New Orleans, honestly. I'm a little bit afraid of Memphis because Memphis... Sucked last year. They should have done it. They were the second best NBA regular season team. And they got to the second round and they lost. They got humiliated. Same thing happened to Phoenix. You love to see it. They lost. They got humiliated in round two. They're fakers. They're pretenders. So Memphis has been there and they've got a chip on their shoulder, much like the Clippers a couple years back, three years ago, when we got to the second round and lost. And then look what we did the next year. Got to the Western Conference Finals. So I am nervous about any team that got to the second round and lost 
because they're going to want to make the adjustment and get to the Western Conference Finals. Denver Nuggets terrify me. Denver Nuggets terrify me. They are going to be your number one team. So to avoid them, we have, I guess we can't be four or five, right? Because that's who we play round two. We got to be either two, three, or six. And let's be honest, we're not going to be two or three. So six isn't terrible. Six is great. Six is fine. Six is fine. I don't want to be seven. I don't want to be anywhere near the play-in. Ty Lue has proven to me he cannot win the game one after the regular season. He can't win game one or game two. How do I know he's done it four times? He's gone 0-2 four times. I don't want to be number seven. The sixth seed is actually ideal for me, assuming Denver Nuggets finishes one. If Denver stumbles to two, okay, fine. We could be four or five. But let's be honest, gang, friends, Clippers Nation, we got to be in that top six. You should be rightfully terrified of the play-in tournament. Yes, we got there last year. Yes, we lost. We went 0-2. So would we make the adjustment and get out of it alive? I don't know. I don't know. And I certainly don't want to be eight and have to face Denver first. That's just that's terrifying. We would get swept. We would maybe win one game. <laughs> Seriously, Denver just has our number. Denver has our number. I don't want to be seven. I don't want to be eight. I want to be six. We got to start winning right now versus these bad teams. We're a bad team. I totally get that. I admit that. You're upset, and you should be, but don't give up on this team. You're telling me it's not fun to watch the games. I I, I get it. It's not fun to watch your team lose. And so you're saying, because of recency bias, it's not fun to watch this team. Sure, because we've lost 9 out of 11. Of course. Now, we tune in tomorrow night, tonight, whatever it is, at San Antonio. We watch the guys win. That's a lot of fun. (laughs) There's nothing not fun about watching your team win. So I get it. It's not fun to watch this team. Yeah, no kidding, because they've lost literally more than they've won on the entire season, and certainly in the year 2023, in the calendar year 2023, I think we've only won two games. (laughs) Make me sad. Is that right? That is right. We've only won two games in the year 23, and I'm here to tell you, we got to win 23 games. We got to win 21 more games. That's the goal. We got to win 23 games in 23. If we were to do that, we would go 21 and 14 in the final 35. Got to win 23 in 23 to finish 44 and 38 on the year. Deece. Deece. That's not a lofty goal for this team with championship aspirations. So that is something we need to do. 23 in 23. Two down, 21 to go. 14 left before All-Star break. How many of that remaining 21 can we grab? Because I'm telling you, we can win 23 games in 23. If we can do 23 in 23, we're in very good shape. We're 44 and 38. We're a winning basketball club for the 12th consecutive season, most active in the NBA. We are... Six games over 500. We are likely the sixth seed, possibly five, possibly four, probably six. 
Six is exactly where we want to be to avoid the Denver Nuggets until the WCF. That's right. I'm talking big. 23 and 23 is the goal, my friends. Very doable. We can we can do that, but we gotta start now. We have to win at San Antonio. We gotta win both those games versus the Spurs. Two out of four versus Spurs. Gotta get it. Got to got to get it. Gotta beat Elward. Tenth straight. Gotta do it. Got to beat Elward. Dallas, you know, hey, we win, we lose, whatever. We go three and one. Are you kidding? We go three and one out of the next four after going two and nine out of the next eleven. We're hugging babies. We're kissing strangers. We're we're petting dogs, random dogs on the street. I say we win three out of the next four. Just put some kibble in your pockets. Walk around town and just feed random dogs. That's what I'm doing. 23 and 23. 23 and 23, my friends. It can happen. It needs to happen. The ship is sinking. I understand. A lot of you don't want to go down with the ship. I get that. I totally get that. I watched Titanic and I said, yeah, I've lived through this as a Clipper fan. I'm in the band. Doesn't make a lick of sense why they'd continue playing. But they did. And it added to... The drama of the evening. And Leo Dio. Oh, you Jack. Oh, paint me like your French girls, Jack. Apparently, James Cameron, Jimmy, Jimmy Cameron said, well, first of all, Jack was always going to die in that movie. Spoiler! But he mathematically, scientifically, such and such proved that Jack wouldn't have been able to stay on the door and float with Rose and live in the cold waters. I don't know. Anyway. It was like Romeo and Juliet if, you know, Juliet lived instead of Romeo and Juliet dying. Spoiler! <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio was in Romeo and Juliet, and he died. He was in Titanic, and he died. All right, but will the Clippers die? Gosh, I hope not. Oh, I hope not. Right now, this ship is sinking. Let's see if we can't patch it up, get on a life raft, get on a door, Rose. Hold on to that door. Get to the Hope Diamond because there's still hope, Clipper Nation. 23 and 23. It can happen. Sound that horn. Ice! Great blue sea, not a place in the 